Due to my recent trip to Africa, which we just got back last night, I felt a strong leading to speak to you this morning about walking by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? This will probably be a two-week uh, series, so to speak. The um, Bible says a lot about faith. And I believe that this is going to possibly be almost a prophetic message for some of you. I believe there are some of you that are on the verge of doing something or not doing something based on faith. I believe there may be some here or online that are struggling with a call to ministry or call to missions or call to step out in something that you've never done before. And God's going to use this to give you direction. So I want to encourage you with all my heart to listen closely, listen with all your heart, your mind, because I, I really believe that this is going to be prophetic for some of you. And if it is, I want to hear back from you. Mark chapter 9, it says, All things are possible to him who believes. 1 John 5, 4 says, Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Jesus said, be it done to you according to your faith. Jesus rebuked people often for their lack of faith. So what is this thing called faith? It's talked about a lot. We throw it around a lot. Oh, I'm a person of faith. Other religions will say they have faith. And so it could be that God is using, going to use this to talk to you about a relationship or money or a career decision. Let's begin with what is faith. I'm back of your bulletin today. It's blank. That's for notes, but this was a last-minute change, so there's no structured notes for you today. But there is a PowerPoint that I submitted at 3.30 this morning. What is faith? Faith is believing and acting on who God is and what He says. Pretty simple. Faith is believing and acting on, what, on who He is and what he says. I got ten points. We'll probably get through half of them today. Number one, faith pleases God. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please God. Pretty important. He that believe, he that cometh to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. Some translations say those that diligently seek him. So if if without faith you can't please him, then the reverse of that is by faith you do please him. How cool today that we have a God who can be pleased that smiles when we do things that please Him. He's a father. I know this as a father. When my children do things that are godly and good, it pleases Dad. Now, I'm going to accept them because they're my child regardless, but when they obey, when they are responsible, when they use their money well, when they make good decisions, what does it do? It pleases me as a father. How much more God? He's our heavenly Father. When you exhibit faith, when you exercise faith, when you act on faith in Him and His Word, it pleases Him. Hallelujah. Oh, how great that we can please God. Can you imagine that we mere creatures can actually do something that pleases Him? So picture that today, that when you exercise faith, you please God. You bring a smile to His face. He said, I'm proud of her. I'm proud of Him. That's my boy. That's my girl. That's my daughter. That's my son. Number two, faith must be rooted in the Word. Many people today, again, say that I have faith. Every religion. Muslims will say I have faith. Hindus will say I have faith. But what is faith in? Faith is only as strong as the object of your faith. This is why Jesus said, if you just have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be moved. That's if your faith is in a bigger God than your faith. Come on. It's not faith in faith. It's not faith in the magical formula. It's not faith in some, oh, I'm going to say it like this guy on TV says it. It's faith in God's Word. 
I remember learning about how a little faith versus a big faith can make a big difference when I first moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Having been raised in Georgia, it was a big culture shock. It was also a shock in the, when the winter came. And winter's there, lakes freeze. And people drive vehicles across lakes. So the first time I ever saw a frozen lake was Lake Harriet. And um, I'm sitting there not sure if it was safe, and I'm tiptoe, I'm kind of putting my toe on the ice, we'll see in Georgia, I could have had all the faith in the world that I could step out and not sink, but our ice is about this thick, if it even gets that thick, I'm going to fall in no matter how much faith I have. I got faith, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, and I step out, I'm going to be wet. But just a little bit of faith in a solid object in, at Lake Harriet where the ice is about this thick, People fish on them. They drive trucks across them. They have to drill holes through them to do ice fishing. Man, I just a little face step out. It's holding me because the object was strong. The object was firm. When we put our faith in God, we put our faith in His Word, that's, a, that's thick ice. <laughs> and, and the more you know the Word, the thicker your ice. Come on. The more you know the Word, the thicker your ice. Because you have more truth to base your faith in. You're struggling, you're, you're going through a difficult time, and you, you don't have much truth in you, you don't have much word in you. And this is again where the body of Christ comes in, because how cool that we can ask others in the body, hey, I'm struggling with this, you got some verses for me? You got some truth for me? Help thicken my ice. My ice is a little thin right now, but I need some more word. And they give it to you. But the more you are in the word, the more you know God, the more you seek His face, that's thickening your ice especially for troubled times. So faith must be rooted in the Word. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10 says, and hearing by the Word of God. Abraham had a promise to hold on to that he'd have a son when it seemed impossible. He believed. Noah was told to build an ark when there was no rain, and he did it. David was, was told to attack the Philistines. All of these are God speaking, God giving a Word, then that resulted in faith. The disciples were told to go into all the world, preach the gospel. The 70 were told to go preach, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons. Look at, actually, it's not on the screen, but look at Romans 4.21 real quick. Romans 4.21 is a good verse, talking about the importance of God's Word, and it's regarding Abraham and the promise that he was given, that he would be the father of many nations. And there's, a, there's an interesting um, little piece here. In, in Romans 4, verse 21, it says... Beginning at verse 20, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise, circle promise, but he, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised, circle promise. Two times in two verses it says promise. Faith must be rooted in God's Word. Number three, how are we saved as believers? We're saved by grace through faith. Now again, it's not faith in faith, it's, it's faith in the solid object of Jesus, the redemptive work of Christ at the cross, His shed blood, His resurrection. So again, we, we go back to, and I should have made this point a little more clear, we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus and His redemptive work. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not as a result of works, lest anyone boast. The biggest lie in America today when it comes to whether you're going to heaven or not we do all these surveys on campus. Mary Catherine can, can say it a lot stronger than me because they're doing it all the time. You ask people, if you, just stand, if you were to die today and stand before God, listen, listen, you answer this question right now for yourself. If you were to stand before God, today you die. It's your last day. 
You stand before him and, he's, and you're asked the question, why should you be allowed into heaven? It's amazing today. Even church-going people who should know better probably don't because it's not being preached as it should. Stand before God and they, they say, well, my good deeds, I've tried hard. I went through confirmation. I served in the church. I was a deacon. Whatever. But they lay their works before God. The Bible says our righteous deeds are like filthy rags in His sight. You are not saved by good works. You don't get to heaven by your good deeds outweighing your bad. For no matter how many good deeds you do, you're still not perfect, and God requires perfection. Ooh, perfection, yes. Absolute perfection. Any violation of His holy standard separates you from Him and is deserving of eternal judgment. Romans 3 and 23, all have sinned and come short of the perfection of God. Romans 6 and 23, uh, the wages of sin is death. Hebrews 9 and 27 says it's appointed to man to die once and after this the judgment. So there's nothing we can do to erase the stain called sin. There is an eternal stain on yourself that cannot be removed by anything you do. But praise God, there is one who did what was necessary to remove that stain. That stain can only be removed by the blood of Jesus Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. He came to do what you could not do. He died for your sin. Hallelujah. We call that the good news. We call that the gospel. Jesus didn't die for His own sin, for He was sinless. It, there had to be a sinless sacrifice. This is why in the Old Testament, there had to be the, the sinless, perfect lamb, so to speak. If that lamb had any blemish, if the ear was defective, if the fur was not perfect, it was not able to be used for the sacrifice. had to be a perfect sacrifice because we're being res reconciled to a perfect holy God. Isaiah 59, your iniquities have separated you from God. All fall short of the glory of God, but Christ, <laughs> but His blood, but His death. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, God made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He took your sin. He took your stain. He took your separation. He took your judgment. He took everything that separates you from God. One of the illustrations I gave in Uganda, and they go nuts, man. You, you do these illustrations, you do these props. Ah, man, they go, man, they just go nuts. Is, is I had a scroll. I think I've done it here once. Maybe it was recently. I don't remember. Colossians 2. I had a scroll in it. I said, pretend this is every sin you ever committed. Everything you've ever done that violates God's holy standard. Sins of omission, sins of commission, sins of action, sins of thought. All the offenses, the record against you, Colossians 2 calls it. Then I took that and I nailed it to the cross. Because Colossians 2 says all your iniquities, all that legal requirements that you violated and I violated were nailed to the cross. He paid the debt. He, he paid, I love that old song. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash away my sins. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, all day long. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. I can't believe I remember that song. How long has that been? Whoa, that's been a long time. Oh, baby. That came from the deep recesses of the 1980s. <laughs> Don't ask me to sing it again. But that's the good news. Paid in full. A gift. It's 
what it says, a gift. When a gift is given to you, you don't pay for it. How, how insulting would it be if I gave you a gift and the, oh, no, 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 let me pay for it, please. What? This is my gift. I, I paid it. Why are you wanting to pay what's already paid for? <laughs> he paid it all. And so we receive it. That's all you do with a gift. You believe and receive. So here's how faith works for justification salvation. God, you said in your word, I'm a sinner. See, here's the deal. You don't wait till you feel like it. You don't wait. I'm going to wait till I'm coming. This mighty conviction of sin upon my life and I'm weeping in sorrow. No. The Bible says you're a sinner separated from God, worthy of eternal judgment. That's enough. That's the word, okay? So the word says I'm a sinner. The Word says I can't do anything to erase it. The Word says Jesus died for me. The Word says if I believe and receive that, I get forgiven. Wow, that's a pretty good deal. The Word says if I open my heart, He's knocking. If, the, if I open the heart and invite Him in, He'll come in. But how do you know? I prayed that prayer. I didn't feel like it. I don't think anywhere in here it says you get saved if you feel like it. It says you're saved by grace through faith. Faith rooted in His Word. He says He'll come in if you sincerely repent of your sins and invite Him in. He comes in. How do you know He came in? Because He said He would. <laughs> That's called faith, folks. So you believe because He said it. That's enough. When I prayed to receive Christ, 17 years of age, despite being religious, unsaved, but finally realized i got to make a decision. I don't get saved just because my dad's a pastor and I'm an acolyte and a crucifer and I go through confirmation. I get saved because I received Christ in my life. And I went, that makes sense. Okay, come in. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I didn't hear the hallelujah chorus. No angels flew down and consumed me, but I believed it because He said it. You said you'd come in, Lord. And then, a few days later, week later, I'm experiencing changes. Like things I used to want to do, I didn't want to do anymore. And, and I actually started reading the Word and actually understanding it. It started speaking to my heart. And, and I was consumed with a passion to know Jesus and follow Him. Why? Because when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. Woo! Glory to God. See, that's what separates us from every religion. Every religion you make a decision, maybe, I'm going to be a Muslim, I'm going to be a Hindu, I'm going to be a whatever. And then it's up to you. Try hard. Try hard. Now here's the new list. All the things you got to do. Pray five times a day. Face Mecca. Whatever. Not in Christianity. You get the life of God in you. When you receive Jesus, a person, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all come and indwell your spirit. And then they begin to change you. They begin to like, adjust your thoughts and your attitude and things are different. That's called sanctification salvation. And it's a lifelong process of growing and loving Jesus. But we begin that relationship the moment we accept Christ. We believe in the Gospel. We invite Him in our life. It's just like a couple when they get married. They say, I do. Whether they feel like it or not, they say, I do. And boom! The pastor says, by the authority vested in me, I declare now that you are husband and wife. Whammo! We're the bride of Christ. When you come to the altar of your heart, you say, Jesus, I want to commit my life to You. I want to receive You. I put my trust in what You did. 
Not trusting in my work. So now you stand before the throne. What shall qualify you to come into heaven? You don't say works. You don't say I did this. You don't say I was a member of a church. You don't say I was a deacon. You don't say I was a pastor. You say, I'm only worthy, God, because of what you did for me, Jesus. And I put my faith and trust in you as my Lord and Savior. That's the good news of the Gospel. Have you done that? there's any doubt, if there's any uncertainty, make it clear today. Nail the stake in the ground today. Settle it in your heart. And then move on in growth. That's the beauty of it. Say I do to Jesus. Be married to Jesus. And start a lifelong marriage with Him. That will be something you'll never regret. Will it be easy? Of course not. Because we're going right now in in point number four. We're to walk every day by faith. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, it says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Oh. Colossians 2 says, as you received Him, so walk in Him. How would you receive Him? We just covered that. By faith. So how do you walk in Him? By faith. (laughs) So what saved you in justification salvation is what carries you in, in sanctification salvation. You get justified saved when you receive Jesus. You are growing in sanctification salvation. And both are by faith. So the same principles apply to our growth. We walk by faith, not by sight. Listen, if you walk by sight, you're going to be thrown off. You're going to be up and down. Why did Peter fall in the water after stepping out of the boat? Because he started looking at the things around him. He got his eyes off Jesus. That's why he sank. So the sanctification journey will involve some walking on water. It'll involve some falling in. Praise God, we have a Jesus who picks us up when we fall in. Woo! So you believe that He forgives you because He says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Five minutes before the service today. A woman came to me and she said, I don't know if I should take communion today. I have some issues in my life and I do good, sin, confess, repent. Do good, sin, confess, repent. Kind of sounds like most of us, right? And so I said, The reason you should partake today is because you're sincere about your issues. If you came to me and said, you know, I've got this area in my life and God's been convicting me, but I have no interest in doing it His way. I want to kind of keep doing it my way. Oh, better not partake. But because you are aware of your sin, because you are repenting of your sin, because you are bringing your weaknesses and flaws to Him, you can partake. And and then I said this, and as you partake today, ask Him through the communion, worship experience to give you greater power to to be more victorious in that area. Because we're told that we are partakers of the body and blood of Christ when we take communion. So whether I feel like it or not, (laughs) God's Word says that I'm loved. You see how this works? If If I live by sight or if I live by feelings, what if I don't feel like God loves me? Well, then you go to the Word. Romans 8, nothing can separate you from His love. And then it lists a bunch of things that are pretty negative. Peril, sword, nakedness, (laughs) trials, persecutions. The very things that could cause us to question God's love are listed in Romans 8. And that's why he says, but they can't separate you from His love. So if you're walking by feelings, if you're walking by sight, something bad happens, oh, God must not love me. That's your test of faith at that moment. What are you going to do with that? You go to His Word. You say, but you, God. I feel this way. I feel abandoned. I feel forsaken. This is happening and it seems like, God, you don't care about me. But you say in your word, 
that you still love me, that you're sovereign, and so I'm going to hold to that. And one of the points we'll get to next week is how faith always needs to involve speaking. I believe, therefore I speak. Speaking truth is a powerful way to exercise your faith. Somebody says something critical to you, and you begin to feel down on yourself. Are you going to believe those lies that are coming into your mind, or are you going to choose to believe what God says about you? Seems like there's no provision financially. But God says He'll provide all your needs. Now that's in the context of being faithful with your finances. So if you're not being faithful to obey His Word I'm not sure about finances, I'm not sure you can claim that verse, but Philippians 4.19 says He'll provide as we give and as we sow into the kingdom. That's not prosperity gospel, that's the Word. Someone hurts you and you walk by, by sight, you want to be bitter and, or retaliate, but God's Word says forgive as you've been forgiven. And so by faith, I forgive them. I release them to you, God. And I ask you to heal my heart. Deal with them. I'm going to move on in you, God. That's how this works. So in Uganda, when I arrived, we go to Pastor Isaac's office, and the conference is going to start in about a half hour, and I'm going to be speaking. And they had hundreds of my books, Lugandan English. And I look down, and I'm like, that looks really thin. It's just 30 chapters. And I pick one up, and I open it, section one, only. Like, what is going on? I sent them 20 more chapters in October, busted my you-know-what to get this done by the end of October for this conference. Only section one got to them. We have no idea what happened. No idea why they didn't get section two, section three. So here I'm about to speak at this conference on the full book, <laughs> training them to use this in their discipleship, and only one section ever got to them translated and printed. Oh my goodness, you cannot even imagine <laughs> what I was going through. Am I going to walk by faith, or am I going to walk by sight? This sight didn't look good to me. <laughs> Not at all. Faith says, God, you're sovereign. Faith says you work all things together for good. Faith says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Did I have to repeat those truths to myself over and over and over? You bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> Shannon can tell you. Dude, I am struggling. I'm having to adjust everything I had planned. Because only a third of the book they had in their hand. We walk by faith, not by sight. Number five. It's probably as far as we'll get today. Maybe one more. We'll see. Faith involves action. James 2, verse 17. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. The woman with the issue of blood, she took action. She said, I can only touch the hem of his garment. The guys who lowered their friend through the roof, they took action. If we just get him to Jesus... In Hebrews 11, if you study Hebrews 11, every example in Hebrews 11, by faith this, by faith that, by faith, all of them re talk about something they did. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice. By faith, Noah built an ark before it started raining. <laughs> by faith, Abraham offered his son Isaac. By faith, Moses left Egypt. By faith, Joseph gave instructions about his bones. They believed, they took action. Wow, 
You ever heard the story of the guy in the, the, that could take a wheelbarrow with somebody in it across the tightrope? So he takes this guy, puts this guy in the wheelbarrow, he takes it across the tightrope. Says, do you believe I can do this, Steve? Yeah. He gets another guy, puts him in the wheelbarrow, takes him across the tightrope. Kathy, do you believe I can do this? Yeah. Takes another guy, puts him in the wheelbarrow, takes him across the tightrope. Chance, do you believe I can do this? Yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> supposed to say yes. Help me out here, brother. He's done it three times. You say yes, and he says, then get in. Y'all didn't get that, did you? You can say you believe. Get in the wheelbarrow. That's if you really believe. You believe your car will start, not explode. You know you have spark and gas under that hood. You understand that, right? You have a spark and you have gas. That is, a, that is an equation for an explosion. <laughs> but you have faith that you turn the key, it's not going to explode. It's actually going to start and take you where you want to go. You have faith that that airplane is going to take you where you go, so you get in. Where might God be calling you to step out in faith today? It could be to witness to somebody. Share your testimony. Share the gospel. But I don't feel like it. I don't, I don't think we're talking about feelings today. <laughs> I think we're talking about acting based upon what God says in His Word. He commands us to go into all the world and make disciples. Share the gospel. It's His job to convert, but it's our job to share. We partner with Him. So when you witness, when you share, especially when you don't feel like it, it it's like exercising faith. Faith is like a muscle. You have to exercise it. <laughs> and so you share. You do the right thing. Hello. How about a couple that's dating? Come on. You going to obey God in, in, in areas of purity? Yeah, but we just feel. Oh, the emotions just took over. Ended up sleeping together. You sinned. Repent. So it's, 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 it's a challenge to act on what God's Word says. But He blesses. He cannot bless disobedience. I love the couple I was meeting with once. And they were sleeping together and, and engaged. And I said to them, you want God to bless your marriage, right? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, man, we want a godly marriage. Uh, you're living in sin. He, he can't bless that. So, and they were actually living together. I said, why don't you, let's help you out. We're going to help you find a place, blah, blah, blah. You're going to live separate. You're going to live pure. Now, boom, his blessing comes. See? His blessing can now come into the relationship because you don't want to enter marriage. <laughs> without His blessing, you're going to need it before, during, and after. <laughs> so, that's a step of faith. How about persevering in prayer? You want to give up. You've prayed for something. No results that you can see. How about tithing? That's a big area. Give 10% first to God? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Because God commanded it, and He says it's just a way of demonstrating that He's Lord of all. Oh, and guess what? He says if you do it, He'll bless. He'll pour out a, a, a blessing upon you. You want God's blessing on your finances? Oh, yeah! Uh, start with tithing. <laughs> First 10% is His. Oh, man, I can't afford to do that. No, you can't afford not to do that. <laughs> Come on. See, that's faith. It makes no sense humanly. Your bills look like this. You need all the 100%. And you're telling me to take the first 10 I'll not have enough left over. Oh yeah, you will. Let me tell you something. With God, 90 plus God is greater than 100 without Him. Come on. It doesn't matter what it looks like on paper. <laughs> this is called faith. But I didn't make this up. It's in His Word. So the only way that I can preach this is because His Word says it. And I can tell you, oh my goodness, 
How many times I've seen God honor His Word? When it, get, when it went against all human logic. Maybe it involves going on a missions trip. Oh, here's a good one. Maybe it involves laying hands on somebody and praying for them to be healed. This is something Isaac said on our trip that just hit me. I mean, it's kind of simple, and, but it just hit me. He says, you know, when we just take time to lay hands on somebody that needs prayer for healing, that's an act of faith. I'm, I have the faith that God can flow through me because I'm His child and He lives in me to touch that person. Now, whether they're instantly healed, partially healed, or never healed on earth, they're going to get a blessing and an encouragement if I pray in, in obedience to God and led by the Holy Spirit. So that's a step of faith. Just to pray for somebody. Where is God calling you to step out in faith? I had prayed and I would sought the Lord and I believed He was calling us to do this trip. I didn't have the money. We have a certain amount of support that comes to any pastor or staff that does a missions trip. But that was, well, that was not near what it would cover for this, so... But I made the decision to go. Then the finances came. And so, many times it works that way. Not always, but I can tell you starting this church was probably the biggest step of faith I've ever taken. But prayed, sought the Lord, got confirmation. Didn't do it foolish. Didn't step out on the lake foolishly. But man, when you obey Him, even if it scares you spitless, it is the greatest, it is the scariest fun you'll ever have. <laughs> To walk in faith. To step out in faith. Is Shannon in here? What's that statement you made to me about I'd rather go so far, I'll never know how far. What is that? T.S. Eliot. Only those who risk going too far will ever discover how far they can go with God. Is that good? So what's God saying to you today? I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Worship team, why don't you come on up? We'll do Q&A next week. Um, if you want to send questions in advance, feel free. Um, so we'll have some things to work on. Let me just give you the other points. Let's do those, Bobby, please. Just so you know what we'll cover next week. I've already added a point after 3.30 a.m. this morning, which I'll cover next week. Faith grows with time and experience. Number seven, this we'll spend a good bit of time on next week. Faith will be tested. Number eight, faith involves speaking the Word. I gave you a little example of that today. Number nine, faith is how we overcome obstacles. Number ten is going to be this. One day faith will not be necessary. Because <laughs> we'll live by sight. Hallelujah, we'll see Him face to face. Oh, hallelujah. Eternal perspective. Eternal perspective. Father, we love You. We thank You. Oh, Lord, we bless You. Hallelujah. Whew, thank You, Lord, for Your Word and Your Spirit. Some of you need to receive Christ today, maybe. You've never nailed that stake in the ground. I need about five of our prayer team people to my left on the baptismal side for salvation. If you want to pray today with somebody to receive Jesus, to get your justification salvation settled, to give your heart to Jesus. Maybe today it's finally clicked. I just need to ask. I've been waiting on a feeling. 
I want to put my trust in Christ alone and be born again and start that relationship. I want you to go to somebody on the prayer team, to my left, to your right. The rest of our prayer team could be to my right over here near the wall of compassion in this corner. You want to pray with somebody maybe about an area of your life that God's calling you to step out in faith. There's something that you know from this message He's speaking to you about. There's something powerful. It'll just be brief. They may, it could take one minute. Just say, I believe He's saying this to me. Would you pray with me? And uh, they'll be there to, to pray with you about that. So if we could just have the, the soaking prayer music playing. I'm going to give a few minutes for this. Just for anybody that needs to, to get up. and Or maybe down front here at the altar. Just right here at the steps. If you want to just pray alone. So if you want to just come and pray alone, you come here. If you want to pray with somebody for salvation to my left. Pray with somebody for an area that God's speaking to you from the message to my right. Lord, we give this time to You. We want Your work to be completed today. Come, Holy Spirit, and just lead each person to do what they need to do in response to Your Word today.